from writing a book to producing and starring in an Amazon Prime documentary, what hasn't today's entrepreneur done? He's bringing you lessons learned from his years as a Fortune 50 executive and also as the founder of a company, which is why he's here today. Prepare for a lot of value because we are back in Tennessee for the first time since episode three overall with Mr. Abel, and we are stopping in Memphis. You know it's rapid fire time. So, Dijon, which platform do you stream your podcast through? Hey, it's you know Amazon, Spotify. Uh, those are the top of the list, but I'm open to all different kinds of uh, mediums. You know, people send me information and say, "Hey, let's check out this yep. podcast." And so that's one of the things about being an entrepreneur. I'm open. You know, whether you're 18 or 80, send me the information and I'll listen to it. So that's the excitement about it. So all over the place, Vincent. It's a good answer on the Buzzsprout link for this show. I try to share that link rather than just an Apple or Spotify because it gives you all of the platforms I push. Some people hate something that other people love. So you got, like you said, cater to the audiences. But when in the day do you typically listen to your podcasts? You know, for me, it's early in the morning, very early. And I'm talking about, you know, 435-ish or late in the evening, you know, winding down 9, 930. That's when I really get a lot of think time in. Uh, the pre-morning stuff is post-workout or right after a workout, kind of before the day starts. And then late in the evening, I'm winding down, maybe trying to write some things, get some ideas, and I listen for inspiration. I like that. Now, where do you typically listen to your podcast? Is it on a speaker, in the car? Uh, typically, it's in the car in the morning because that's going to a workout. In the evening, it's on a speaker. You know, I'm kind of relaxed uh, in that setting where I'm trying to wind down. Yep. All right. Well, let's get to it. This is another episode of That Entrepreneur Show. Thank you for joining us once again. I am your host, Vincent A. Lancey. On each episode, I have the opportunity to interview a new entrepreneur from all around the world and across the country to share their firsthand experiences, what worked, what didn't work to help you become more successful on your journey. My guest on the show today is someone who went from being a Fortune 50 leader, as I mentioned, with global responsibilities to creating his visionary. To follow up my opening statements, D. John produced and starred in the Amazon Prime documentary, What About Me?, and also wrote the best-selling book, What About Me?, Walking the Tightrope as a Black Man in America. This shares firsthand knowledge of navigating America as a Black man, his own experiences with police violence, and becoming a Fortune 50 corporate exec. In addition to engaging in speaking opportunities across the country, we actually just spoke about one coming out when this episode releases. He is also the founder of 5J Entertainment, a company committed to educating, informing, entertaining, and promoting positive images of African-Americans through various forms of media. I'm excited to catch up with him again. So after the episode, be sure to check his stories out on writing with authors and a mental health break. He's been on them all. So let me now bring him on, D. John Jackson. D. John, great to see you. Hey, it's my pleasure, Vincent. Glad to be with you. Likewise, would you mind giving our audience a preview to who you are and your story, and then we'll dive more into the entrepreneur talk. Sure thing. Uh, corporate uh, executive vice president with responsibilities for strategic planning, engineering, artificial intelligence, those types of things. Uh, day job, always a part of my life and passion, but then you know, becoming an executive producer and producer of documentary films to tell the story of, you know, not only black men and boys, but people of color, anyone who feels like they've been marginalized or underrepresented. And that's all people. And how do we bring people together? We want to educate, inspire uh, and, and really encourage people. 
And so that's what I'm trying to do with my my different bodies of work with the book, documentaries and more to come. I think you're doing a great job at that. Again, multiple outlets you're putting your message out to so you can really get people at their comfort zone. What led you to make that jump from the corporate exec grinding globally to honing on your dreams? I think it's something that's always been a part of me. And it's been one of those passions. And I think I tell people, follow your passion. You know, I always knew that, you know, I had certain aptitudes and capabilities to do things like engineering and mathematics. That was natural. But then there was always this passion. What are you going to do to give back? You know, as you succeed, how are you going to help people and give back? Then how can you share those lessons? And I got to a point and said, hey, it's bigger than me. Uh, it's incumbent upon me to go out and help others. I couldn't agree with you more. It's all about what you're doing for others at some point. You have to think about your own personal journey. Someone had to have pushed you along the way, gave you some great advice when you were feeling down, wanting to give up. Is there any great advice that sticks out to you over the years from when you were coming up, really trying to make your way? Yeah, you know, my parents were always uh, you know, that mainstay, uh, that backbone. You know, my mother, who's still with me uh, today, my father passed away some years ago, but her deal was always stay committed, uh, be focused on what you want to do and never give up. You know, her thing was never give up. There's always a way, stay positive. And so that's just been a part of me. But then I have a great support system, family, friends uh, who, who try to give you positive uh, words of advice and wisdom because self-doubt does creep in. But, you know, I, you yeah. always overcome. And I tell everybody to overcome. Don't let the self-doubt you know, bite you in the butt. You know, it, it creeps up on you in different ways and people say things, but you got to stay true to yourself. Thank you for sharing such a positive message. That's great advice. And also, I think a difficult part of entrepreneurship, that self-doubt when certain expectations of your own that you're being so hard on yourself aren't met. What would you consider some difficult parts of being on your own? I think one of the things you have to deal with is the uncertainty. Uh, when you do things and you step out, you know, a lot of times it's based on faith. You're like, I believe in this. I have to go do it. And you will get those negative vibes and negative feelings because, you know, everybody may not say the right thing. So I think that's where, you know, you frame up your plan. You stick with your mission. You'll be adaptable and be able to adjust, but always realize that there will be curveballs. And when those curveballs come, don't let them wipe you out. I feel like everything in entrepreneurship is a series of curveballs. Even this last book I put out, I had hired someone to do the editing and she said, oh, I can do the cover as well. So I figured, all right, I'd love to just keep this with one person. Simple. Said I need it tonight. Doesn't answer my messages. Next day says she needs more time. Gives me the end product of what looks like just you opened a Microsoft Word document, inserted an image, something basic that I can do and on a kindergarten level even though it is for a kindergarten elementary school book so that right. was just a hiccup in the road i had a timeline and i had to adjust pivot network your network is your net worth as tony right. alexander always says and you right. had to find a way i appreciate that advice but from advice to learning lessons what is a lesson learned that you can share with our audience from your career your experiences that you would describe as a failure in a way but you learned from it i would say that always recognize your team and recognizing those people that to, to bring into your team. I think that's just so important. A lot of times when you're a type A overachiever, you go get it done. I can get it done. I can get it done. And maybe like you said, just one extra person. It's very, very important that you realize you need a team. Yep. And when you have a team, you'll be very, dis, uh, have a high level of discernment of who those team members are and what they can do for you. And, and I would tell you, Vincent, it's just really, really important 
uh, as you're going through that process of never giving up. Yep. And, and it's it's a constant evaluation and reevaluation, evaluation and reevaluation. And it's not that you are second guessing yourself. It's that situations change. And it's just very important to take feedback from individuals. And listen, it's nothing wrong with having people smarter than you. It's nothing wrong with it. And you learn something from those people being around you, you surround yourself, like you said, with the right people. You can't be great at everything. There's always something to learn. Once you want to stop learning, I feel is when you either stop trying or you're done because you can always grow. There's always a new perspective. Even you can learn from some information you already did know. But to learn more and sit down with any entrepreneur, Dijon, who would you love to have a conversation with and learn all about their journey, pick their brain a bit? You know, gosh, I, I always look at, you know, I look at Oprah Winfrey, but then I look at the, some of the things like Le- LeBron James is doing. Uh, there are other folks that I've seen are probably less famous, but they're doing some great things uh, in, in different areas in STEM and things that people don't see on the network television shows or they don't see in mass media. And I'm just, uh, just awe-inspired by the perseverance when you hear these stories and you know i mentioned lebron james i look at his his work in film and media and what he's trying to do to get messages out so that's what excites me and i would tell your listeners have your have a have a very much so learning mindset open your minds to everything listen to everybody you know black white red yellow wherever they're from listen to those things they get your creative juices going and i think when you have that type of mindset Uh, you're bound to get some some very interesting and uh, creative ideas. You have to keep your mind open. I, for one, was more of a Kobe than LeBron guy at the time. But once LeBron built the school and did all of those things, it kind of opens your mind and really comforts you. And like you said, you can have all the money in the world. You can be famous. But if you're not giving back a little bit, how are you really paying it forward? But we're going to go with LeBron for this next question. If you could pick a location to meet LeBron and have this conversation, where is it going to be? Oh, gosh. Why don't we just make it easy? Let's go to Hawaii and just hang out on the beach. <laughs> that would be perfect. Go to Hawaii, hang out on the beach, you know, and then I'll take that. There it is. We have to tag him in the episode to make that happen. But we spoke about the book a little bit, your company, the documentary. Let's look in the future with these entrepreneurial endeavors here, Dijon. What do you got in the works? Hey, I want to expand. We're going to look at, you know, more film, uh, looking at different stories. I want to bring those stories to, for, uh, to the forefront. Uh, looking at some different pieces for books. I want to get those out. And then uh, back on the road, you know, I, I know we've been hampered a bit by, you know, unfortunate pandemic and these sad things, you know, so sorry for the loss of many individuals, but I want to get back on the road and do, you know, public speaking and talk to individuals engaged with audiences. So I am looking to ramp it up as, you know, as soon as uh, things permit. Me as well. We spoke about a September book signing, a September event. Let's shed a little light on that now. Yeah, we're looking at uh, having a big book signing uh, in uh, the Memphis, Tennessee area on September 25th. And we're going to you know, bring a lot of people in. I'll try to sign books and have some discussions and, and talk about a lot of things. It's going to be kind of an open air slash inside uh, facility. Again, you know, we're still under some restraints with, with COVID, but we're going to try to I want to meet some people and talk to them and get some perspectives. So that's September 25th. I'll give you some more information, but uh, excited about that. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm excited for you. We're going to go ahead and put that in the episode bio. So if you're listening on, to uh, scroll up, scroll down, you'll find it. And right now, we're about to delve a little deeper with today's guest of honor as we have a rock star entrepreneur for Tennessee on the show this week for the Spotlight Story. 
We're going to look at another in Henry Cho, a story I didn't really know much about, but it is pretty inspiring. So tune in. Cho started out as a college student that studied neuroscience. Academics weren't his thing, like many entrepreneurs, and he did decide to drop out. What did he drop out to do? He became a comedian. The article describes switching career paths as being one of the greatest decisions he's ever made. So, I mean, everyone listening on, this is scary, obviously, going from neuroscience to comedy, but he believed in himself, and it's a testament to how far confidence and believing in yourself can go. I learned that he found success in the early years by being on The Tonight Show, The Late Late Show, and eventually becoming the host of NBC's Friday Night Videos. When asked if he ever saw himself doing comedy, I wanted to give a quote. I never saw myself doing this, and look at me now. I've been doing it for 31 years. In college, I tried comedy to get into acting. I thought I'd give stand-up a shot. After my first show ever, the club owner hired me to start performing immediately. I started on Wednesday and dropped out of school on Friday. Because it worked, I was hooked. This is something I really wanted to shed light on because if you have a passion about something, just do it. To skip forward, I want to finish another quote because he's considered a clean comedian. In 1986, I was on one of Jerry Seinfeld's openers. That was the first time we got together. This was during the beginning of my career, and I was still figuring out how I wanted to continue with my comedy. He told me that I would get more work if I worked clean. TV was much more censored back then, which meant that a lot of comedians had to change the material just to get on TV. Jerry said he didn't understand why you do a certain joke if it can't be broadcasted, and he was right. Business-wide, clean humor was a no-brainer. See here, he's just networking with the right people to grow. We spoke about this all episode. What's your takeaways, Dijon? Uh, absolutely. Your, your network, uh, this is where I talk about different people. You know, never ever underestimate anybody that you meet. You might be talking to the guy who's the next producer for whatever. So it's always tell people, don't, don't, don't judge a, a book by its cover, the look of a man or woman, you know, open up, engage, and those kind of things. And, and I would tell people, you know, your passion. I was asked this just uh, day before yesterday, Vincent. You know, how do you, what does it feel like? You know, where, where do you want to go? What, what keeps you going? I said, you know, when I'm on a stage and I'm making a speech, there's something like this kinetic energy that pops. And it feels like I'm talking to these people and connecting. And then afterward, I actually perspire. And it feels as if, wow, that was a great workout. And I said, that's, that's a feeling that's exciting. So I tell you, entrepreneurs or whatever, you know, that passion, that heartfelt uh, surge of energy, those are the things that, yeah, you won't get that all the time, but you know when you hit the sweet spot and you know this is what I got to do. I resonate with that feeling on stage. It's like after that first pitch, the back in the baseball field, I'm in center field, first pitch goes, I'm locked in, it's all set. But thank you for that analysis, and I want to thank you so much for making time to join another series. I know the listeners got a lot of value out of your episode. You followed your passion, A. You ended up talking about expansion, but even your experiences that you shared along the way, our listeners found a learning lesson in everything you said. So thank you. Difficult parts. My notes right here resonated with that as well. I got to ask you now for your last word. I would say that it's very important to always be creative, always be open to different things. I've always stressed, keep a notepad or in this modern time, keep your phone uh, uh, awake and alive. You know, if you have an idea, say it into the phone. Keep one, keep a notepad in your car, keep one yep. by the bed, in the bathroom, kitchen, wherever you are. And if it's your phone, 
put that put those notes in your phone or record your voice and then later come back and dissect it and go through it. And I think from an entrepreneurial perspective, it gives you kind of your own way to codify information. But then you're like, wow, that sparks another idea. And it's actually a sense of motivation. You know, got it. Motivation comes within. So, yes, that's my point. Always I'm texting myself, doing a voice memo, something. Sometimes it gets backed up. So for everybody out there, make sure to just plan out your day, A, because you get a lot more out of it and slot in 15 minutes to go through those notes, those voice memos so they don't go to waste. Excellent advice right there. Thank you. And with that, how can we find you? How can we reach out for your services? How can our listeners say hello? Hey, you can follow me on Instagram at d.john underscore Jackson, Facebook at d.john Jackson, Twitter at D. John Jackson, LinkedIn at D. John Jackson. Uh, you can go to www.djohnjackson.com to talk, look at the book or www.5j-entertainment.com. Uh, see things about the documentary and, and see the trailer. So excited. Uh, you can get my book on amazon.com or blackbookstore.com uh, and it's in Barnes and Noble as well. And one more time about the event coming. When is this event? It's coming up a huge, huge book signing uh, in the Memphis, Tennessee area on September 25th. Uh, we'll have uh, information on social media and all going to get blasted out next week. Thank you for sharing that. If you're in the Memphis area, go meet D. John. He's a great person to have in your network and a great guy, as you can tell from this show. While you're on the internet, be sure to check us out. We are at That Entrepreneur Show on all social media, except on Twitter, podcasts by Lancey, so you get updates from every show I do. I'm at Vincent A. Lancey on YouTube and all social media, and my website is vincentalancey.com. If you check out my books, please take a selfie with it. I would love to share your support. And I will now end the show with a quote from today's spotlight entrepreneur, Henry Cho. I pride myself on never using a cuss word on stage ever. I headline in Las Vegas every year. And this summer I am performing on an Alaskan cruise. Not too many comedians can pull that off. Funny thing is my show doesn't change for Vegas. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of That Entrepreneur Show. 